Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Given Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with Michael Tilly, Brandon Harewood, myself, Joseph Jennings. Uh, how you guys doing today? Great. It's draft day. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for the draft, man. We've been waiting for this moment all summer. I mean, it's, it's just time to do it. Let's After we've done 500 mocks. Uh, exactly. about to be final now. All the mocks but, uh, mean yeah. nothing now. Yeah, they, they. I realized that today when I ran my last mock. I'm like, yeah, everything I said was thrown out the window. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be ahead to get into uh, some news and notes. I guess it's really the only one thing, particular thing today, which is the obvious news. We're recording this today on August 31st. And this morning, Cam Newton was cut slash released by the Patriots, waived, however you want to look at it. Um, so Cam Newton is no longer a Patriot. So obviously, Mac Jones is a starter now. Um, I don't know what that what the implication is for any um, Patriots receiving options, or if you guys have put a boost on any of them, or at least like somebody just want to you know take a target at somebody has to catch the ball. I don't think like I think somebody will at least be somewhat fantasy relevant. My guy would probably be Jacoby Myers if I took one. Like I guess if I took a guess on who I think would be the most fantasy relevant. Um, but it'd be interesting to see where Cam lands, and I don't think he'll be a starter at least not right now. So it's I guess it's kind of interesting to see what he does next. Yeah, I think that. I'm still looking at a tight end if I'm going to take any pass catcher in the offense. I know that we don't know which one, Janu or Hunter Henry, but I think that either of them is still a better choice than the wide receivers. Uh, obviously, this news is the greatest impact, I think, on Damian Harris. Um, Cam Newton does run the ball in last year. He, I think I might be mistaken, but he probably had the most rushing touchdowns of quarterbacks. If not, he was up there in the top three. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Mac Jones is not running the ball into the end zone. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen him or seen him move, but Damian Harris is going to get the goal line work now, which is promising for his fantasy outlook. But I did see that the the Cowboys were actually one of the teams that were interested in Cam Newton as a backup. So I'll just after Bewood says what he thinks, I wonder what you guys think about the potential of him being the backup to Dak. And obviously, if Dak doesn't go week one, like they're saying he will, if you think that impacts the offense any. Yeah, I feel like these guys basically covered it all. I mean, as far as the offense, I will say when Mac Jones did step in during the preseason, I mean, the offense looked a little bit more efficient. So I guess that is an upgrade for everybody in the offense. Um, the real question is who's the wide receiver one? Um, Joe did mention Jacoby Myers. Um, that's probably the only receiver I would probably target as well. He seemed like he was basically the number one option last year. Um, I know they did bring in Nelson Aguilar and – yeah, I mean, I guess we just got to see what goes on with that receiving core. And then as far as with the tight ends, yeah, it's just hard for me to figure out which one between Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. I'm just trying to play a wait-and-see approach. So it'd be nice um, if somebody could get healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And then, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I'm really excited for Damian Harris. Um, and I always felt he was just a good rusher in general. So, yeah, I'm, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the Patriots this year. Um Rookie quarterback, but he's looked really good in preseason, so I'm excited. To answer the Cam Newton and the Dallas Cowboys point, I don't know if that's an insurance policy or if I should be scared just a little bit. Like, that has to bother you just a little bit. Like, not like as in he's obviously not going to replace Dak, but, like, I don't know where I'm at with it. Like, it's it's just like Cam Newton probably is in the upper echelon of backup quarterback, so it's like, I feel like does that mean like they're 100% sure Dak is healthy or they're just signing Cam because they think he's the best available? Like, I don't know what the middle ground is for that. 
Yeah, I was low-key thinking the same thing. I was like, does that mean Dak isn't, yeah, 100%? Um, are they thinking about actually playing Cam Newton if they do pick him up? Because it really seemed like they were pretty aggressive to um, to make an announcement on that. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting if you know Cam Newton goes to the Cowboys. Or I can't see it team. happening, but it would be kind of funny to me if they just brought Cam in. And he just does that goal line stuff. And they, yeah. they take that out for the That would be play. cool. Like a taste of It would be kind of funny. I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. It would be funny. <laughs> Big stock down then. Yeah, today we're going to go ahead and get into, for God, so for some people, I'm sure you're drafting this week like us. And maybe this will help you. We're going to go ahead and get into our guys that we have. As We don't want to categorize them in a particular category, but we're just going to say late round guys that we feel like can have an impact on your team that are not being talked about and enough. Um so some of the I guess we'll start off with yeah, we'll we'll start off with uh Trey Sermon of the San Francisco 49ers. I think we're all pretty high on Trey Sermon, at least from what we've seen in college and how much the 49ers want to run the ball. And they've made it clear they're not gonna well, they've never been a running back, a singular workload running back. So like I feel like he does have some standalone value. Depending on the week, you may start him. And by some chance something does happen to most of like I said, I really don't like talking about injury and talk about fantasy football because I feel like you should just talk about it as is, but it is a part of the game, so it is what it is. But if something does happen to most three, like I feel like you have a guy that could be a high-end RB3, maybe a low-end RB2, and you're getting him in an eighth, ninth round, depending on your drafts. Yeah, I think that uh, Mostert is still going to be efficient with those carries that he gets, though. We know how Mostert is when he gets the ball in his hands. He's elusive, and once he gets to the open field, he's hard to get down. Um Trey Sermon's ADP right now is 82nd. Raheem Mostert's is 79th. So, I mean, it really depends on your roster. I know we always say this, but if you've got a solid core of running backs and you can – Trey Sermon's carries are going to increase throughout the year. Statistically, with rookie running backs that have a veteran in front of them, we see that the rookie will eventually outcarry the veteran. It's just a matter of time. So, if you've got a stable two running back core, I see no issue with getting Trey Sermon where he is over Mostert because you have those two reliable running backs in front of them. But I do agree, though, that we know the 49ers are going to run the ball, so he's definitely going to get his carries. And it's going to be interesting to see if he gets the goal line work um, opposed to Mostert. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of um, Trey Sermon this year. I mean, just looking at him in the preseason, just looking back at his college tape, I mean, he's just a really hard runner. He almost just fits the identity of the 49ers. So, yeah, I mean, as these guys have mentioned, even with the healthy Mostert, I mean, just the way that the 49ers have used their running backs in the past, I see him still getting a pretty pretty good workload for an, for RB2 in the offense. And it's he's probably going to get more volume than a lot of the RB2s that you are thinking about drafting this year. And then he is playing in such a run-heavy offense. So, I mean, he could see, like, you know, 12 to 14 carries uh, from game to game. So, And he'll definitely have a lot of touchdown upside. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited for Trey Sermon. So uh, next, we'll go ahead and get into our next guy, and that will be Corey Davis of the New York Jets. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the hype has rarely come from the preseason, and we saw how much Zach Wilson really likes targeting him and how, kind of how they use him in the offense. And now he kind of has a chance to prove that he could be a number one, and I, I think that's really what he was going for in this opportunity. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, the Jets are not going to be that good. I mean, they'll be all right at best, let's be honest. They're not going to be like a great team or anything. So 
I just feel as if, you know, I mean, the other guys around him are, I mean, they have solid weapons. It's not like they're bad or anything, but Corey Davis has a real good chance to stand out. And you could tell he has a good rap report, rapport with uh, Zach Wilson and everything. So, I mean, I feel like he's a good guy to target, especially like if you're getting, assuming that most drafts you're getting, unless you really just don't pick wide receivers like that, you're probably getting him as your wide receiver four or five, unless you're really pulling the trigger really early, which is fine if you think, you know, he has that ability to go ahead, you know, draft him where you want to draft him. But, but you know, I, I'm, I like I like where I'm getting him at, and like I said, I feel like he's a guy that could end up being a, like a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two some weeks, depending on the week. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in for it, just depending on where I can get him at. I'm not going to reach for him, though. That's just you know, kind of where I'm at with Corey Davis. His ADP right now, like you said, is 118. I mean, I am more than comfortable taking him there. Uh, guys around him are Darnell Mooney, McCall Hardman, Devontae Parker. I mean, he's got the safest floor out of all of those guys just because, I mean, unless something changes, the Jets, like Joe said, are going to be playing from behind. And if Zach Wilson performs like we, I mean, I guess we all hope he does, especially uh, the Jets fans out there. Some people have to catch the ball and Corey Davis is the best option. I mean, he had good games last year, even though he wasn't the number one wide receiver and I do think that'll translate over. Like Joe said, we saw it in one of the preseason games, how much Zach Wilson loved him. And I mean, he was a former first round pick and I think he can potentially live up to that if they are playing from behind that much. Yeah. I really feel like people are just sleeping on Corey Davis this year. I mean, to mention it, he had a good season last year. I mean, we look at his numbers, he had 980 yards and that was only with 65 receptions. And he's doing that on a team with A.J. Brown and playing with Derrick Henry. I mean, he's going to a situation now where he's sharing the workload between, like, you know, Crowder, um, Elijah Moore, um, where I think that's a lot less competition in this situation. So, really, his volume could go up. He was already a borderline 1,000-yard receiver last year. I feel like we're all just kind of looking at Zach Wilson in this situation, hoping that he does have a successful rookie year and is comfortable with that transition into the NFL. Um, and if so, I really feel like Corey Davis will be his number one target. I mean, 6'3", 209. I mean, he's a really big target, perfect for a rookie quarterback. So, yeah, if the, if the Jets can actually do something do something decent this year, I think Corey Davis will be a solid guy to uh, target at the, at the back of your drafts. So we're going to go ahead and uh, just kind of stick with receivers, late-round guys that we kind of like. And next will be Antonio Brown of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um I'll let B will talk about him. I mean, he loves him more than anybody, so I'll let him go. Yeah, former Pittsburgh Steeler, wide receiver, Antonio Brown. I mean, these guys know. I mean, I, I'm I'm one of the biggest Antonio Brown fans. I mean, I always preached that he was the number one wide receiver basically for the last like five years. Um, it's kind of sad to see, you know, where his career kind of went um with the situation with the Oakland Raiders and then the Patriots, but it's good to see that he has found a home um, in Tampa Bay. And he actually looked pretty good last year. And he was a quiet name. A lot of people didn't really take it seriously. But, like, he basically came off the street, uh, locked right in with the Tampa Bay offense and actually produced last year and even got better and progressed throughout the entire season. He even finished finished the playoffs with, you know, a lot of productivity. Um, you get him really at the back of the draft, and we all know the type of potential he has. I mean, he was like a top five receiver in the league in fantasy for like the last like seven years. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, so there's not many Hall of Famers you can grab at the back of the draft like this. I mean, he's playing with the Hall of Fame quarterback and a, 
on a team who I feel like is a Super Bowl contender team as well. So I really feel like you can't go wrong with this situation. You're not really having to pay a lot for this, but he has, you know, tremendous upside. Yeah, uh, B would hit most of it. My thing, I know we don't want to talk about injuries or anticipate them happening, but we do know that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans aren't the healthiest when it comes to playing a full season. And the fact that Antonio Brown is their number three wide receiver makes you even more inclined to draft him at the spot that he is at in the draft because if one of them were to go down with an injury, his value jumps. I mean, I don't want to say it goes up to as high as Chris Godwin's is if Godwin's the one who gets hurt, but it goes up pretty high just because of the kind of player that he is and the things we've seen him do in the past. Um, I got a question for you guys, though. Are you more – I know B. Wood's answer – but if you've got three receivers, you're drafting your fourth. Are you more inclined to take Antonio Brown at his ADP or Corey Davis at his ADP? What's who, whose ADP is higher? Antonio Brown's at 96th. He's around Brandon Cooks, AJ Dillon, Leonard Fournette, Logan Thomas, Joe Burrow. I'll take Corey Davis. I'll go ahead and say it myself. No. If like if I were if I was getting him if they if they truly were literally being picked in their exact ADPs there's no reason I'm going to take Antonio Brown and I can get Corey Davis two rounds later, and I don't have to rely on an injury for him to have substantial upside. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, when you initially asked the question, probably when as I've run mock drafts throughout the summer, I've probably picked Antonio Brown more than Corey Davis, but. Now talking about Corey Davis and the type of potential volume he could receive, he could potentially receive even more volume than Antonio Brown. So, yeah, and you're getting him at a cheaper price. So, yeah, I'm cool with Corey Davis in that situation, especially if you have three receivers. So, yeah, we're going to head and get into our only quarterback on the list. And pretty much what we were defining as late-round guys, guys you kind of can get in the ninth round and after that to us, that's, that's considered late round. If you consider a tenth, then, you know, yada, yada, whatever works for you. But – um, that would be Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. He probably has to be the most intriguing quarterback in the redraft process this year because you, a lot of people are waiting on a quarterback and then just taking Jalen Hurts and taking like Matt Stafford or somebody behind him, kind of like to just you know see how that works out. But it, okay, it's not like a question. Everybody sees it. Hurts' upside is really insane. Like if he really does become even a a, a decent to good passer. His upside is insane. Like his rushing ability, I'm not gonna say he obviously he's Lamar or Kyler, but he's to me he's the next best thing in terms of like just running the ball. And it's kind of hard to find a quarterback that's gonna give you goal line carries, like that you really could depend on inside the file. Like there's no guarantee they're gonna give it to the running back that he might just keep it himself. So like I said, we all know rushing upside is so important when it comes to finding a quarterback. Like people don't understand. People don't think 300 rushing yards is a lot. But if your quarterback ran for 300 yards that season, that was a huge upgrade. Like, he won't have to pass for nearly as much as somebody who, okay, I'll just say it, as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He won't, they won't have to pass for nearly as many yards or rushing touch, I mean, passing touchdowns. If they can just run and give you maybe like anywhere between, really at the minimum, four or five rushing touchdowns, the upside can be incredible, especially what hurts when they do have an easy schedule. So they may not be playing from behind, but I don't think any of us expect the Eagles to, you know, just be like, amazingly good. I, I'm looking at it more like as in the middle of the pack right now. At least that's where I'm at with it. 
my I like Jalen Hurts where he's I guess where he's being drafted at he's the second quarterback I'd take because on an FC ADP Ryan Tannehill is going right behind him and I'm a big Ryan Tannehill fan this year uh, but my worry is the core that he has around him um, you know they just traded for Garner Minshew and I'm not saying Garner Minshew is going to beat him out I'm just concerned that the core around him isn't good enough to sustain his level of play and that we could see a similar thing as last year when it came to Jalen Hurts taking over. We could, if Jalen Hurts isn't performing because of the guys around him and he looks bad, Garner Minshew has a chance to take over and it just scares me a little. I've said this before, if you're listening to our previous episodes, you've been keeping up with us. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but I'm sure you all know what I'm about to say. Every situation that he's in now, I get the defense is not like as good, but offensive-wise, it was the same thing Mar Jackson was presented when he got finally got to take over. Like the receivers are not you that saying common. Jalen Hurts is going to win uh, MVP. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Look, the facts are rare. They have a good running back group. They have a good old line where everybody's healthy. They have two good tight ends. They don't. They don't have an elite receiver until shown otherwise. He has all the running ability in the world, and his throwing is. If he can, he just needs to improve his completion percentage. Like, if he can do that, like, I'm just saying there are a lot of similarities there between, like, like I, said, I don't know Brandon loves Lamar, so, like, I'm sure he definitely knows what I'm talking about, like, that MVP, or, like, when he finally got a chance to be the guy a full offseason. Like, a, there are a lot of similarities there. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely um, – yeah, I'm excited for Jalen Hurts this year. Um, I definitely see the Lamar comparisons. I really feel like he has actually a great opportunity to really break out this year, like Tilly mentioned, never – I think they have the easiest ranked schedule or projected schedule for this upcoming season. Um, just looking at their old line, as Joe mentioned, I mean, they have the 13th ranked offensive line. I mean, that's right behind the Baltimore Ravens, who I consider to have a great offensive line. So he does. I know they dealt with a lot of offensive line issues last year. So as long as everybody's healthy, that would definitely be great for him. I mean, they did, you know, pick up Devontae Smith in the draft. I mean, he was a Heisman, Heisman wide receiver. Um, they also added, you know, Quez Watkins. He looked really good during the preseason. And then, of course, if they can get Jalen Rager up to speed with the NFL, um, I think he could also be really good. So he has weapons around him. And, of course, Ertz and Goddard, they're going to do their thing. And as long as they can get the run game established this year with Miles Sanders, I mean, I feel like the Eagles could be a pretty good offense, at least high scoring. I'm not, sh- not too sure about their defense, but, I mean, I definitely think they can put up a lot of points and – you know, it all center around Jalen Hurts. I got two questions. First one, who's going to finish higher, Jalen Hurts or I don't want to say any of the rookie quarterbacks, but there's not enough starting for me to say starting. So Jalen Hurts, any of the starting or Trey Lance or Justin Fields, who's going to finish highest? Who's going to be the highest ranked? I think Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He, I was he wants Hurts to say Justin something. Fields. I mean <clears> – <throat> I do, not gonna lie. But I mean, I can't bet on a guy that's not starting week one. It's, it's kind of hard. Like, when, unless something substantially like the, unless Jalen Hurts is just playing God awful, like they're not gonna replace him. Like, they're not gonna sub him out. You can say they traded for Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco, whatever, whatever you, like, ill. So, anyhow, otherwise, I, I don't know where you're at with that. Is but Minshew the, the second or third string? He's second. Why are y'all hating on Minshew? <laughs> How does he just jump in and be Joe second? Flacco Flacco, pretty Flacco good. played good all preseason. How do you just jump in to become the second string quarterback? <laughs> they don't trade a fifth round pick for someone to be cut. That's true. Why do you think they did that though? 
just if they're like, this is what I'm I talking. Said. This is what I'm. This is what I'm talking For the about. reason I said. Like, they have him. So if Jalen Hurts folds under this bad core, they have someone else they can put in. <sighs> Sounds like a bear situation. Like what Look, are you doing? Last year, <laughs> just Gardner Minshew. Listen, to this Gardner Minshew played in nine games last year. Completion percentage sixty six, which isn't bad. Sixteen touchdowns and five interceptions. That's not bad. Like yeah, by any means, bad. that's not bad. And everybody's making it. And he was on the worst Minshew team in Magic. The Jorts are back. So you know, and oh, that's why God. it really. That's my only worry. Like, I think Jalen Hurts has all the upside in the world, but. It just it just seems like every week is more and more. It's like Sarani just doesn't want to just like ride on it. Like he just wants to like he obviously doesn't want hers to fail. I get that, but it's like it seems like he's like, well, hesitation. Yeah, yeah. soon so, soon as he's playing bad, well, pulling you. I'm gonna tell you this, this now. Gardner Mitchell is Garner like Mitchell's a competitor. So is Hurts. Mitchell's a competitor. No, no, I know. I'm not saying Hurts isn't, but that man said he didn't poop. For like, oh, several yeah. I don't even know the real facts behind that. Yeah, I think you made that up. Anyhow, if so, um, <laughs> like I said, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see. But it does bother me that they traded for Minshew. But my other question, oh uh, yeah, what's up? What passing offense are you more inclined to draft a wide receiver from, the or a tight end, the Eagles or the Patriots? Eagles. Actually, with this Mac Jones, I'm about thing. to say it's not even about the Mac Jones for me. It's that it the Patriots emphasize their tight end. There's there's a reason they went outside two tight ends. It wasn't. It's not a. It's just, there is a reason they love running two tight end sets. This goes back to when they had Gronk. But like, Eagles do too, though. They, they like, yeah. But the okay. Let me let me just put it in the terms I'm looking at it in. The Patriots spent seventy five million dollars on tight end. Yeah. The Eagles couldn't get a fifth round pick for Sackers. Look at it how you look at it. I'm not saying that yeah. means they won't be better, but. If, if the Zacharias was still that good, they would have they been like, well, we got Goddard and Ertz. Well, no, they wanted to trade Ertz. It's not a secret. Like, it's, no, it's not even a guarantee Ertz will be an eagle by the end of the season. All right, so between Goddard, Ertz, Hunter Henry, and John Smith, rank those guys. Johnu, Goddard, Henry. No, Johnu. Yeah, Johnu, Goddard. Hey, I don't think you can, honestly. Johnu, Goddard. <laughs> if, I, if I'm just going off my if I'm going off my gut, Johnu, Goddard, Henry, Ertz. It pains me to put Ertz last because I want to put Ertz ahead of Henry, honestly. But that's my answer. Yeah. To go off what Joe said, this I just looked this up. This is actually crazy. Uh, when they had two tight ends in New England in 2011, Rob Gronkowski and obviously Aaron Hernandez. Don't bring up that Listen old stat. No, 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 no. I'm serious. That's what they the do, stats. though. No, for real, that's what they do. All right, so this. But after that, Gronk, oh, oh, Gronk had 124 targets, 90 receptions, 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns. Aaron Hernandez had 113 targets, 79 receptions, 910 yards, and seven touchdowns. They almost had two 1,000 yard tight ends. Both I'm not, I'm not calling them Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. That, they, they had a chance. But to that was 10 years ago. Did whatever. they ever do that yes. again, though? No, I'm not saying that. I'm What I'm saying is – Well, I'm Aaron Hernandez ended up in prison two years later, oh, so. <laughs> I'm not saying – I'm not saying they're looking at them like Aaron Hernandez and Gronk. I'm saying it's not a coincidence that they went out and signed two tight ends. It's, the, it's their That's team. True. That's what Belichick does. It's, like, it's not a coincidence. You don't spend $75 million look, on two players. Who has been a, a startable tight end for the Patriots since Gronk left? I agree. That's the issue for me. Has, has any of them ever been better than either John? No, Warner? but I think okay. So you think it's gonna go back to their like? I'm, also, I'm not saying statistically offense? they'll put up the same numbers, but again, it's I just think it's really not that hard. Belichick loves like even for run purposes. It's not just yeah. about me saying for fancy purposes. He likes the two tight end sets. That's what he likes to do. 
Yeah. And I mean, you didn't give a tight end $50 million for him just to block all day. He was tweaking with that. You didn't give him $50 million. <laughs> they, just yeah, they, and they paid them way and too then, much. And then you turn around two days later and give another one $25 million. There's no way you gave them all that money to just sit there and block all day. There's no way. Yeah. I can see it happening. I think I'm more so just. I'm not drafting either. Draft Let me make that yeah. clear. I'm not drafting, <laughs> I'm just not drafting But I think John could be the one that comes back to bite you. That could be like, yeah. ends up being like the number eight tight end. And we're just disrespecting it all season. Which number eight tight end is not great. But if you're getting the number eight tight end in the last round, then yeah, that's a steal to me. If you're getting number eight, like a top eight tight end in the last round, then what are you losing? Like, you're not losing anything. Well, we'll see where that goes because they both are ugly rooms. I'm not, I'm not drafting anybody from either room. And if you're drafting Goddard, I'm going to leave that alone, but okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so now we're going to get into uh, our second to last guy, and that would be Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. And we talked about him a little bit when we got into the Cam News in terms of how we think that benefits him. So I guess we can kind of piggyback off that. And, um, yeah, where you guys at with Harris? Or like, are you okay with him? Like, if you went zero RB, are you okay with him as your third RB now? And, like, I guess yes. in a half one PPR? I am okay with him as my potential – if I have a wide receiver in the flex, I would be willing to play Harris as my second running back at this point. Is your second? Mm. I mean, th- okay. Yeah. If you go three, if you go three wide receivers, so if you have, I, mean, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see it. Whatever you, whatever you go, Zeke, Ridley, someone in CD. You get CD in the fourth. Then Harris is your second. Are you mad about it? I'm not mad about it, but I just feel like that's a major jump. Like he's he's going from a guy who was almost at the bottom of people's bench to you're saying an RB two. Are you saying are you saying, saying that just because Mac Jones is starting now? I'm saying if you went no RB, like if you went, I guess one RB, and then you waited till the sixth round or something to get one. You got Andrews or, or yeah. uh, Hawkinson in the sixth quarterback in the next round, then you waited till the eighth to get Harris where he's sitting. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think it's a good like it's definitely doable because like I thought like in a perfect season like Harris could get maybe good like nine hundred and some change and he could score like eight eight touchdowns. I feel like in a great season, so that is going to score touchdowns this year. Yeah, like don't, so he's their first since over under thousand under because I don't like the Patriots right now. I, say, I think they're actually going to use that other running back Stevenson. Y'all both better not say while Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I can see good. like eight. I can see like eight hundred and eight. If I was betting, I'm saying under, but I I wouldn't be shocked if he had a thousand, like a little over a thousand. I'm just saying, I'm gonna keep saying it every time. Just remember that extra game. That's true. So, what do you think? What What are your projected yards from? I'm probably like in that nine fifty range. Yeah, I'm not just probably said, like hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this man just said, "Don't give me none of that nine hundred mess," and he gives us nine fifty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Nine hundred some change. I said, y'all, not me. <laughs> worry about but, me. But you need the touchdowns. That's that's my only issue. Is like he's a, he's going to be a touchdown dependent back unless all of a sudden they just start throwing him the ball. But I don't see that happening. Um, because they still have James White. I mean, hear me out. He had seven hundred last year on only one hundred and thirty carries. Yeah. Nah, he's good. He's a good player. I'm saying if his carries go from one thirty seven to two hundred, y'all don't think he's gonna get a thousand? He got seven hundred with one thirty-seven. The division, the division is so much better than it used to be, though. Like, I know we make fun of the Jets, but like, the Dolphins' defense and the Bills' defense are both respectable. That's a good point. I expect the Patriots enough. to have a, a bounce back year as a team. I expect them to be good again. Are they I'm not finishing it. Where do you see them finishing in the division? Still third. Third. 
Okay. You actually, think the Jets can get him? Actually, actually. I think the Dolphins are really banking on two. If two is not good, they're not going to be better than the Patriots. I'll, I'll stand by that. They're not going to be better than the Patriots if two is not good. Mm. They could, but I got a scenario. If two is trash, like if he actually is bad, yeah, they're not going to be better than the Patriots. I, like I'm, I'm okay and with saying that. Cam in Miami. <laughs> Stop. If they trade for Deshaun Watson, okay, I think. I've been said this. I said I think the Dolphins. I said the Bills are the best team, but I feel like the people are just acting like the Dolphins can't win the division. It's just funny to me. Like people are just acting like the Dolphins have no chance to win the division. Like, oh, I, I, really I think the Don- the Dolphins, the Dolphins and the Broncos have the two most underrated defenses in fantasy right now. I think. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like if Tua is playing like really well, it is they are capable of beating the Bills. Like it is, it is not out of the world. Like they are capable of beating the Bills. It's not like I don't know what people are looking at as if like people act like the Dolphins. Didn't just win 10 games. That's why I keep saying all this is on Tua. If they go backwards from 10 yeah. wins, if they go backwards from 10 wins, it's because Tua is not playing good. It's not going to be because of the defense or the run game or the receivers. Like It's going to be because Tua is not playing that well. But people acting like that. Like I said, the Bills won 12 games, but the Dolphins won 10. People acting like they won 12, and the next closest team had seven. It was Fitz Magic. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not the, it wasn't the best, but I'm saying Tua wasn't, even play, Tua wasn't even playing that good in those five or six games he played, and yeah. he still had a winning record. It was record. a struggle, yeah. And I'm oh, saying yeah. they I still mean, weren't we're, The thing is, if they're the te- if there's a team that's going to beat the Bills in the division, it's them. Look at their secondary. Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Jason McCourty, and Byron Jones. If anyone's going to stop the pass in that division, it's them. Like, if Matt Jones is somehow playing really, really well, I truly think, like, the Patriots could – Upset the Bills in one of those two games. Like, I don't think it's impossible. Like, we're not we're not gonna all of a sudden like, and I'm fine. You know, I'll be on the island by myself. The the Bills have had one really good year. We're not about to start acting like they're the Chiefs mm, or the, 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 sorry, the some, Buccaneers. Sorry, like, some Bills hate like I'm cooking not, up. I'm no, That's what I was about I'm to say. Some Bills, some Bills too. Okay, but just before going into last year, Josh Allen wasn't even in anybody's top ten. And the Browns sucked a couple of years ago too. And look at them now. You're absolutely right. I'm not hating on that. Like, I'm not hating on that. I just feel like the Browns are the Browns are hyped up because of that roster. Like that, and, and they had to, they they've done a really good job building that roster. You're not looking at the Bills and just blankly just looking being like, yeah, they're dominant as hell. Just looking at that roster, like it was. I think it's the Stephon Diggs effect. Like when Stephon Diggs came, I think they were able to really have a a true passing attack. Like and if they can keep that up, then I think they're still like a, a top contender. I think they're I mean, the league favorite. I mean. The wide, favorite. the wide receivers aren't bad either. We're acting like it's just Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel. Sanders, no, they have a good wide receiver. Gabriel one Davis point. is really good. Yeah, Cole Beasley. We'll see what happens with him. <laughs> not trying to be funny. I'm not going to talk Junior. about. I'm not going to talk about COVID on here. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm gonna leave it alone. Like I said, we all have our own things about. I am picking the Bills to win the division. Not get it twisted. I'm just saying I would not be shocked if the Dolphins won the division. That's just where I'm at with that. Now we're going to go ahead and get into our last late round. I guess. We're kind of splitting it up because just to give you guys something, because this is really important to me for people who don't go tight end in the beginning. So we're all going to give you one tight end. It's not going to be long. We're going to give you a quick rundown of why we like those guys. So um, Tilly, you can go ahead and kick it off since he's a tight end guru, according to him. My guy is Tyler Higby of the Rams. So as he said, I am the tight end guru. I do have a history the past three years of taking a top five tight end when their names weren't big, just to list them. Kittle three years ago, or sorry, Andrews three years ago, Kittle two years ago, and Tanyan last year. 
Um, so okay, I, I already know you're going to be telling your kids the same story, how you drafted those three tight ends. And watch, yeah, watch, when I take, when I take, you never let that go. If my wallet, if my wallet is gone tonight and I take Higby at the end of the season next year, you can get on here and both of you are going to be like, all right, that's his name now. I'll give you a problem. Right. No, but last year, Tyler Higby had a career high in receptions and targets. He had 89 targets, 69 receptions, averaging 10.6 yards of reception. I mean, the only thing that held him out of being a high-end fantasy tight end, he only scored three touchdowns. So some, I think he got a quarterback upgrade. That's the truth of it. Their starting running back is now out for the season. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are the guys that we know are the receiving threats in the offense, which makes me more inclined to say that Higby is going to be one of the guys open because they're going to be worried about those two so much. And the last point is that Matthew Stafford just came from a place where he loved hitting his tight end, TJ Hawkinson. What's Why is that going to change? Just because he got two receivers when he did have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. And I know they both didn't play a whole but a whole bunch together, but he still had Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones together and he would manage to find the tight end. So my late round tight end is Tyler Higby. I'm not going to have that issue tonight, but if you do have to go for a late round, I'd take Tyler Higby. When one of these guys takes it tonight, I'll be sure to screenshot it and put a picture on Instagram story that they listened to me and took Higby. Um, My only, it's not a concern, I guess. It's just in terms of the Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones point, this is the best receiving core Stafford has ever had, like, from top to bottom. And I think a guy that's really being forgotten about, I'm not looking at him for fantasy relevance, but Deshaun Jackson still is good. Like, he's not – like, I think a lot of people forget that the Rams signed Deshaun Jackson. Like, he's, <laughs> like he's still he's still good. Like, it's not like they don't – like, they have another guy that can – in terms of real football, he's going to make an impact. That's not a debate to me. Like, if he stays – his problem is health. But if he stays on the field, like, every time he's been healthy, he's, he has impacted, like – he was still good for the Eagles when he was on the field. That's the truth. Like, at least he was on the field. So, I mean, I, I don't know. That's just my worry. I, like, I do agree with the Hawkinson thing. It's just – I don't think Higby is as good as Hawkinson. Like, I don't think that's me sugarcoating. It's just the truth. Like, I don't – and, again, it's not me saying I wouldn't take Higby. Like, if I didn't go tight in early, Higby would be one of the guys that I would at least look for in my later round. Yeah, Higby is definitely interesting this year. I mean, the main thing that intrigued me, same thing I tell you said, is the quarterback upgrade. Um, I think that will, you know, allow them to open up the offense a little bit more and, you know, really take advantage in the passing attack. But, yeah, my my issue with him is just the fact that since McVay has been the head coach, they've never really committed to just one tight end. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know who their backup is, but they've never really just used one primary tight end. And look, I just feel like we've been waiting for the Higby for the last, like, two years. But, I mean, this is the opportunity. He is the, the definite tight end one. Um, but, yeah, I'm more so taking a wait-and-see approach. But if I'm really down bad, especially if I'm in, like, a 12-man league, I'm, I'm fine with doing Higby. You take no, Higby this is, this is, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. He's bottom of the barrel. Bottom feeder. <laughs> oh, my this, God. This is, this is Higby's year, though. If he doesn't do anything this year, then don't next year ignore him. Pretend he's not even there. Like this is yeah, his chance. Taking a it. shot. Well, my my tight end is Logan Thomas. Um, I thought he really just broke out last year. I mean, when you look at his season last year, he had 110 targets, 72 receptions. I mean, this is a guy who probably went undrafted. So, I mean, there's not that many tight ends you can go out and get who are getting 
100 plus targets. Um, I definitely think he is getting a quarterback upgrade um, from last year. He's getting Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic, as I like to call him. And last year they had Alex Smith, who was basically playing on one leg. I think their offense is going to be a lot more explosive this year. Um, I feel like he'll play a major role in the offense. I mean, they did bring in Curtis Samuel this year, who may take away some of the targets. But I think they're going to be a little bit more pass-heavy as an offense this year. Um, just from last year. not saying they're going to throw the ball over the field, but I think they're going to throw a lot more than they did last year. And... You know, he'll be a very heavily targeted tight end. And when you're grabbing one at the at the back of the draft, you're looking for either somebody who has touchdown upside or who's going to get that type of volume. I think he's more of a volume play, especially in PPR. Does it concern you any that they want Gibson to get more involved in the passing game and that they drafted De'Ami Brown out of UNC, who actually sat the whole last preseason game so that they made sure he was a go for week one? Yeah, I mean, it does concern me a little bit. I mean, especially when – I'm referring to last year where they didn't really have any receiving options outside of McLaurin. So yeah, he, he, he may lose some targets. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I feel like it's going to put him in an even better offense, which I think will provide a little bit more touchdown stability. I mean, he had six last year. Maybe if he can get that to eight or nine, maybe that'll make up for the, you know, the, the, the few targets he may lose to those other receivers. So, I mean, we'll see. I like Logan Thomas. It just the it just I mean obviously I'm not gonna talk about it long, but yes, it does scare me that they brought in Dalami Brown, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, so I guess we'll just see, you know, how often Ryan Fitzpatrick targets him. Because Sicky was, you know, a pretty good target for Fitzpatrick, but I don't think his receiving options were as good. So it's kind of just like a take and give kind of where you're at with it. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get into my late round guy at tight end, and that would be Jared Cook from the Los Angeles Chargers. I just think, you know. Mike Williams is good, but he's, he hasn't been reliable. So other than Keenan Allen, I feel like you – know, he hasn't been reliable in terms of injury. He's been fine when he's on the field. He's a good player. So if Mike, if Mike Williams stays healthy, it caps off Cook's upside some. But I know last year, like, he wasn't great. But if you actually look at the games he played in, you were you were fine if you had him as your starting tight end, the games he played. And you might there might have been two or three games that you weren't okay with, but if you actually look at the numbers in PPR formats, he was, he was a solid tight end to play week to week. And the two years before that, he was a tight end seven and a tight end five. So it's not like he doesn't have the upside that the other guys have. And wherever he goes, he's usually a touchdown machine. And he's actually a better run after the catch or yak yards after the catch, whatever you want to look at it as. When you actually look at it, he's actually pretty good at that. And he's a big guy, so it's not like he can't be a – he's a red zone target as well. So I think the upside is there, and I think the Chargers are going to pass a little more this year than run. So it's kind of where I am with Cook. Yeah, I like that. I like that one because I feel like Cook is somebody who's basically going undrafted, but he's he's going into a team who's known for using their tight ends. I mean, we look at where like Hunter Henry was being drafted for the last like two years. Hunter Henry was a guy who people were targeting at the tight end position. I mean, he's not getting replaced with Jared Cook. And if we look at the last couple of years in the league, Jared Cook's been better than Hunter Henry. So really, this is like a tight end upgrade for the. Uh, for the Chargers, in my opinion, I mean, they do have Justin Herbert as well, who I feel like is really going to air the ball out this year. So I feel like you really can't go wrong if you really just don't want to touch tight end throughout the draft and really want to just wait for your last few picks to grab a tight end. I really think Jared Cook is a good option in that, in that situation. Yeah, I'm just a little concerned that they had Hunter Henry last year and he didn't perform as well as everyone was expecting him to do. But, I mean, obviously, if you are in a deep league, then – 
this is, I guess, a, if you're streaming tight ends too, it could be an option weekly. Um, I did that a little last year, streaming tight ends. You just go with the better matchup and hope that they play like they should against the matchup they have. But, yeah, I don't have much more to say on him. But, you know, I think those three guys are solid guys to look at in deeper leagues. Well, yeah, those are our late-round guys and values. So um, in our next episode, we'll give you a couple of our season bets going into the uh, season and teams we like over under win total, division winners, Super Bowl predictions, a little stuff like that at the end of the show. Um, thank you all for tuning in and uh, listening this long. We really do appreciate it as always. Um, do you guys got anything to say? Are you good? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast EGS. Hey, it's fantasy season, baby. I mean, I hope everybody has a great drive. Hope everybody has a great season this year. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. Um, so stay tuned, man. It's fantasy yeah. time. Good luck to everybody in those drafts. If you haven't drafted yet, you know, hopefully we really hope that those episodes we put out, our rankings, you know, everything we've done to this point has really helped you guys mold your team the way you think you should mold it and, uh, you know, just give you a good feeling going into the season. But uh, other than that, I will catch you ladies and gents next time.